0: Hey everyone, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called, Are You Too Passionate? (laughs) This must sound a little uh, of an odd title because is that really a thing? Can you be too passionate? Absolutely. This is going to be a wild episode because I'm going to test your stance on some things and see if I can get you looking at things just a little differently. So here we go, guys. Thanks for joining today. Now, I was brought up with the mindset of, like, being passionate is, I mean, that is what the good stuff comes from, right? Get excited about life. Get excited about what you are doing. And um, and so I guess maybe it's just this, I don't know, maybe it's a American mentality of, like, more is better, bigger is better. Like if if a little bit of passion is good, then tons of passion is great, (laughs) right? No, I don't think so. We overdo so much stuff. I mean, don't even get me started on the fast food industry and all this other stuff. But like, no, more is not always better. I mean, look at relationships. Too much is smothering, it's too much, right? But this is a little different, because passion, if it's something you're passionate about, go all in, go big or go home, right? Mm, well, I want to pose a way in which this could actually get in our way, which is not how our minds usually work, right? It just it seems so counterintuitive of a statement. And so I know a lot of you are like, oh, yeah, sure. Like anything in excess is that that's where your brain is going to go first. But that's not even what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about with our relationships with people around us and not just relationships. People hear that word and think immediately like love relationships, romantic relationships. I mean, every relationship with people and every conversation that we have. And how can this rear its head and actually hurt instead of help us by being passionate? It's just a funny, funny way of looking at things, but... I think this one might actually change the way you approach your conversations going forward and how you have your dealings with people. So it really comes down to this polarizing thing, right? So when you think about when somebody has a really extreme opinion on a subject or they feel really strongly about something and they come in to it almost in a way of not trying to convince others, but like so so firmly standing behind their stance that they're like rooted in this. Uh, sometimes that can come off to people as almost like a challenge. Think about how our brains work and go back to like, you know, caveman times, I guess, or whatever. but just in the way that we have developed as human beings and when somebody is challenging your ways or so firm that they're right, something happens inside us. It becomes something where we kind of want to look for evidence to the contrary. So what can happen is we're so passionate and thinking, well, anybody around me is just, this is contagious. They're going to want to jump on board with it. That sometimes people can get kind of funny. Now I'll use a personal example. When I first started my Facebook group and I was really in a good positive space around my grief and I was trying to help other people get to where I was at. Um, I remember one time this one person's reaction to it was like, I don't know what kind of pills she's taking, but give me some of this happy juice or whatever. And it was really almost like poking a bit at like how fake this must be, because this isn't real. And, um, I realized I had stirred something up inside of her because of my extreme nature. Now how to bridge this because I don't want to come off fake and try to lower or damper my spirits around it because someone else isn't on board with what I'm saying. So it's kind of like, it's a different approach. It's like starting somewhere in the middle so that they can come with you instead of wanting to be the devil's advocate and repel what you're saying and come up in up in arms and in defense of, you know, their stance and stuff like you want to make sure you're not trying to convince people of anything in life. Like if you are strongly passionate and trying to make sure the world knows how you feel and why you feel it and you are just so so behind with this um, behind the statement with your energy and like it can just make people want to come to the contrary. Now that's a tough one because one you're already in a state of like so emphatic about what it is. And now you're facing opposition, which interestingly enough, there's research to back this, guys. Interestingly enough, oftentimes they are not even that passionate about the extreme opposite. They just feel like they have to challenge what you're saying a bit. So they go to an extreme that they don't even necessarily stand behind or feel strongly about. But just because you have now created something that they are like, trying to see the opposite point of view with so i want to get into how to like do this it it's like a dance but without trying to be manipulative because we're not trying to manipulate people here but we are also not trying to get everybody around us up in arms and not able to hear our point of view because we're too passionate (laughs) it seems so crazy right I do have to apologize because stitch has entered the room so you'll hear some snoring <laughs> just wanted you to know I'm not bored with the conversation <laughs> so anyway guys uh, back to where I was going with this is that if you really think about um, you can see this in everyday interactions right even parenting I feel like it pops up there a lot because you have one parent sort of acting um, let's say, one extreme, like um, starting to get upset with kids for making a mess on the couch. And then if they get a little too up in their stuff, the other parent tends to go on to good cop mode, right? Where all of a the sudden they're like, oh, it's not a big deal, you know, we're making too much of this. Or, you know, and they start to sort of go to the opposite extreme. Now, if the first parent had sort of maintained their sort of, not neutral, but not so over the top, red in the face, angry the other parent wouldn't have felt the need to sort of jump in and defend. And they actually probably agreed with the other parent who was getting upset, you know, but it was more in, in the extreme polar behavior of it being such a big deal that made them feel like they had to go into defensive mode around the opposite. Right. And so that's what we don't want to create in relationships is that, we we go into it where we seem like we're so passionate that there's no other way and it has to be this and and then someone else feels the need to be like whoa 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 hold on a minute cuz like yeah, it's not that big a thing because they're seeing your extreme and wanting to offer you know something in the way of of just like a little happier medium you know it's like What i don't know like your your response seems extreme to this circumstance so now i feel the need to defend our kids to to protect the energy around this and and it really wasn't even your intention you just got a little worked up in the moment so let's say you did feel super extreme because you're like oh my goodness i just washed the couch cover and now the kids just got sauce all over it and now i'm oh my gosh i'm stressing out and like this is This is a lot and I can't handle it right now. And you're feeling like you're going to burst and it comes out as anger and frustration and you really are fed up with them not listening when you tell them to eat at the table. And like, let's say there's all those things stacked up in your emotional energy. So it really is your true stance on it. But you probably could still in your right frame of mind, in a calm moment, look at it and go, wow, my presentation of this to the kids was too much over the top. And it came from a place of me, you know, filling and filling and filling until I burst. So that, you know, that type of situation where you've allowed things to sort of escalate is probably the first place where things need to like we need to find better ways to strategize there. Right. Because then sometimes you come across like you're so passionate about this thing when really It's not that so much as just like all my buttons have been pushed and I'm ready to snap. So there's always a way to sort of modify like our reaction to things because you never want to come across like you're so passionate about this thing that really you're not really. It's just that was a moment that you hit because you were already at breaking point. So that's one part of this. But then once you have presented the extreme, you're going to be met with resistance most often, guys, because people are going to see such an extreme reaction and immediately see that there's a happier medium immediately start going into like the mode of this is a lot. This is like you know, an unusual response. And now, unfortunately, like I said, somebody that might have been on your team, your side, like going to bat with you is now feeling like they have to be on the defensive a little, that other polar extreme of like, this is nothing. Why are you freaking out on our kids? Like, (laughs) you know, you don't want them to go in the mode of like, really? Because like, it's not a big deal because now guess what's getting presented to the kids? well, one, one parent is now being put in the light of having less validity to their, you know, cause, um, but, and undermined a bit, you know, and they're going to feel that in the relationship. So that could hurt your relationship. But on top of that, it's like now the, pers- now the whole thing that really these kids did need the behavior addressed because we can all agree the sauce on the couch doesn't make any sense and they know they should be at the table. But now you've got the other parent defending the behavior, which is definitely going to backfire because kids will cling to that. You know, it's the whole like why kids know which parent to ask if they can go someplace because they know, you know, one's response is going to be an absolute no. It's sort of like that. It's like all of a sudden now I've got, oh, mom's on my side or whatever, you know, like that now I've got some backup here that what we did wasn't that big of a deal. So anything that the first parent was trying to like prevent totally just got disqualified because the other parent has now basically poo-pooed it right in front of the children. So it's like this is just a. You know, I don't know why I use this example. It just came to mind. But this can happen in every single relationship. You know, if you present your boss with something that is like, you're so behind it and oh my gosh, it's this, it's that. And you never present to them the possible questions that could come up where there's some weaknesses in this design. Like you have to present the whole picture. Because when you just passionately and emphatically are like, "This is the way, this is so good, this is what we need to do, this is the direction we need to move. You will be met with more resistance than if you came in with a, here's like the, the this problem. Here's a solution I'm proposing. Here are some of the flaws and holes in the design. Here's where I think we can try to address those. Um, but you know, if you if you present the whole picture, People don't think that you have neglected to see where the holes could exist, right? They realize, wow, this person's put thought into this. They know that there are ways in which this isn't all going to be perfect. No matter what, I don't have to now make my brain hunt for those things because they've already looked at it. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like extreme passion for something is so good, but it's, often in the presentation where it gets lost so stay excited about it like keep the passion in your heart but then you like allow your brain to enter into this heart space because this is the thing guys a lot of us are like do i act with my heart do i go with my head there's this constant talk of like what do i do like i know in my mind this is a bad idea but my heart says to do it or like there's this constant like it's a tug of war And why can't our heart and our mind work within the same space? (laughs) Like, If they could communicate, what a beautiful world in which this would be, right? Because we could be passionate, be all in, in our hearts, but then allow our mind to say, okay, now I've got this thing that I'm so excited about, but what does reality look like? How can I make this thing I'm so passionate and excited about fit within the walls, of a reality that I'm sort of stuck in, you know, like this is still the real world where there's going to be barriers and there's going to be, you know, people raising up um, concerns and stuff. How can I address these concerns? Let your brain do a little bit of work before you put it out to the world. Because if we come at it from a full passion standpoint, people think you've neglected to think about all these other things. It's like you just come across as somebody who is ready to jump on the next exciting thing that just tickles your fancy, and that's like, oh my gosh, I know somebody like this. It just came to my mind. Wow. Um, It was like every single thing that got him excited in life, he was like, let's do this. I remember him being like, Oh, you're a physical therapist, let's open a practice. I'll do this, I'll get the building and do the you know the financing and the this and then that and then you can be the face and the you know do the treatments and I had this big idea. Then the next day talking to my husband, I know I love cars too, like let's open up a shop, let's let's buy all these old cars and flip them and we can do the mechanical side ourselves and, and then the next week or the week after, I heard him talking to one of my best friends who's a nurse about how they needed to go into business together and let's do this and let's do that. And I'm not kidding. There were some people that bit on this there. He probably has like at any given point, like three or four businesses and things he's doing and dabbling in because his brain always works like that. And it is a full passion presentation to every single person he talks to, which is like one on one hand, you want to get caught up in this excitement because who doesn't want that dopamine rush of like, setting goals, hitting goals, doing things with friends, having fun. Like, it feels exciting because you're stuck in his passion, you know? It's like, when he's presenting it, you're like, whoa, yeah. But then, you know, the logical brain pops in for most people and then starts to question, like, somebody who's this emphatic and excited and, like, is not really talking about all these other potential problems, is that someone you want to go into business with? Is that, like, does that feel like somebody who's a safe person to work with where they have your. You know. Well-being in mind and they know that like things can go wrong and if they do, I've got your back and here's what we can do. Is this somebody who's just going to like chase the dream and then, oh, shoot, this blew up, but I'll just move on and do the next thing like you don't know. You start to get more critical than someone who just sat down and put together a presentation and is like, I've really been thinking on this, like I put a lot of thought into it and here's like, here's what I'm thinking. Here's some pros and cons. Um, I think the pros far outweigh, like I can see so much fun. We could work together all the time and be a blast. Like, and then also I think it's a great moneymaker. I think it could be this. I think it could be that, you know, w- between the two of us, we have both sides of the business covered like a different way in which to, to put it out there would have yielded way better results. Can, You see that because I can't see a way in which many people want to hop on that intense polarizing energy of like, like all in with no like recourse and just full speed ahead. It's terrifying to most people. If you are somebody who gets like that, just consider it a little bit that like it can in the end hurt more than help for you to be so passionate and driven. And and not just calm down a minute and take some breaths. Actually, I will say doing a little bit of meditation around this kind of energy helps to ground you a little bit because it's so good. You're so up in spirit uh, energy and like that's great, but it is kind of out of body. It, for those of you that follow like energy work, it is like you are not quite grounded in your body. So doing some grounding meditation would be amazing for you because <laughs> I love the big passion people in the world. They actually spark so much excitement in me, and I like I will hop on board with many of them because you know, and I know somebody's just like into it. It gets exciting. It is fun to work with those people. They have a certain thing about them that has that like you know it. It gets you excited. I always say energy is contagious. I just did a, one of my um, live streams and my Facebook group was on that just yesterday about how um, happiness is contagious, so is sadness, and so are all these other emotions. But like truly, guys, people who are super passionate are some of the best people to work with and be around, but they're... I will say oftentimes they don't get to the end result they want because they push people away without trying, with, that, with just being passionate and excited, which seems so strange, but it happens. Um, <laughs> so for those people, yeah, unite your brain with your heart because your heart is so big and full, it's amazing. But you're, you know, the, the thought behind it, it needs a little space, you know, give it a little space to breathe as well. And then, you know, for the rest of us, don't always like jump onto the devil's advocate because I'll say my, one of my kiddos does this to me often when I get excited about something, he often will just say whatever to the contrary. And maybe that's just the age. I mean, I will say that is definitely, he's in the age and stage and phase and (laughs) you know, it makes sense. But, uh, I try now to be more careful with how I pose things to him because, that whole, like, immediate devil's advocate thing can be a real turn off. Um, Because when you have somebody who is excited and, like, wanting to do something and then you just come in and sort of, you know, smother out their flame a bit, it it's not a fun energy to be around for a while. So if you're in a marriage, I'll say for sure, I would be cautious of this. If you have a partner who's a big dreamer, t- try not so much to go into your, like, caution mode without at least entertaining their opinion a bit on things like if they're like full on passionate about doing something that you already know it could just be like they're just voicing their passions and let that roll let it be don't have to like come up against it and make all the points as to why it's not gonna work like let them just say their piece and be happy with it and then sure like if they keep going down the path of like trying to make this thing happen you know maybe there's a time where you guys have the conversation around like the realistic, grounded state of what it looks like, uh, but still try to find the compromise to still make some of their dreams happen for them. You know, dreamers make the world go round. Let's just say that we don't want to smother out their ideas. And it's just um, what my message is today is that it is all about the delivery, my friends. (laughs) Let's not get so, so extreme that it brings up this inner fight um, within others that makes them want to. Basically, like throw up all of these things in front of you that like, have you considered this, this and this? Like, if you don't want that reaction back, you need to sort of let them know that you've already sort of considered those things or that, you know, maybe just not be so all in that this is the only way, the only path that exists, because then it allows them to realize that, you know, you're not so sold on it that you haven't maybe considered other things. So I'm going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. There's a lot more to come, guys. Thanks for joining so for those of you who don't know i am a grief coach and i have a facebook group that one is free to the public and um it is a private group so you just have to request to join but it is a free group and i have another group that is a clients only group where i coach and give all of my how-to's inside i have a library of past lives and past posts and everything that you can get from the moment you join And I tried to make that affordable to all where it's $33 a month and you can stay in as little or as long as you want. So if you just want to stay in for the first month at a $33 cost, that's it. And you unsubscribe. So I just wanted to offer that to anybody who is feeling like they wanted a little extra support around their grief. Um, And it's a wonderful group where we have all kinds of members who are chipping in their opinion as well. So it's not just my opinions you get in there. (laughs) It is everybody's who's on this journey with you and so it's a wonderful group i can't say enough about the people inside and i am having a lot of joins this week which is wonderful but also means that spaces are limited so if it's something you've been dabbling with or heard me talk about before and have been thinking about um this is a great time to join but i would say don't wait too long because i don't want to have um you know things start to fill up and then me remove this offer so anyway if you are looking for the link to grab um access to to join that, I will drop it in today's podcast description. All right, guys, back to the show. I just want to get back to the point of passion a bit because I feel like, whew, well, first, I feel like a lot of us are in robot you know, mode where we've lost our passion for things in life. So maybe some of us need a little extra infusion of some of this passion that some of these other people seem to, like, not be able to tailor back a little bit or dial back. Um, but Passion's a funny one because what are we passionate about even? Because some people will just get passionate about everything. It's like, and then you kind of lose value when you are excited about everything. It tends to make people think that it's just not sincere. You know, the sincerity is lost when someone's excited about all things, you know, when you're passionate about a few things, then it's a little more like, okay, that's where their interest lies. So that's one thing to consider. Um, (laughs) where we place our passion, I think, is also very, very important because some people get so passionate about I'm just going to use the example of love of cars, right? So passionate, like if I wake up in the morning on a Saturday I'm going to be out there at five thirty working under the hood, enjoying my time out there. It's my space to like mental freedom. I get to work on something, set goals, accomplish something, feel good about it, love the smell, all the things I'm passionate about it. It's just like, oh, is there a car show? I'm going that kind of thing. And then they might tend to neglect other things that maybe should have more passion. In other words, if you're getting up at 5:30 in the morning and leaving your romantic partner in bed to go into the garage, work on your car all morning, then head off to the the car show, while they're having their breakfast, and then you're there with the guys having your coffee all morning and enjoying the car stuff and the smells and the you know, the revs of the engines and whatever. And then you want to go for a cruise in the afternoon, so you do that. And then you're getting home at, like, dinner time. My question to you is, one, is there a way to incorporate the other things you're passionate about within that passion? So you don't give up what you're passionate about, but you should be equally or more so passionate about your family. Um, And I feel like a priority list around things in life gets lost often until you do have a major loss. Like for me now, I feel like after I lost my husband, it became very, very big awareness for me to to look at the world and say, if I was super passionate before about like, like I used to love anything crafty. I used to keep a lot of things for crafts I was going to do when I had time or whatever. Oh my goodness. Now I'm like, throw it, throw it, throw it. If I'm actually passionate about something, I already know I'm going to tackle that passion. So there's no need to hold on to things you're going to do in the future. But that aside, I still see that there are like, if you have things on your want list, like I'm going to do this someday or whatever, and it's a passion. Um, I would argue a little bit that if you haven't really made it part of your everyday, it's maybe not a passion as much as a hobby or an interest. But if you are, like, when I went through the loss, I realized, like, the seconds, the moments, the sitting on the dock in pure silence, that is everything. It's not the stuff. It's not the activities. It's not those, you know, moments in the garage. Those things might bring you so much joy. But I just find that, like, most people, when they're on their deathbed, aren't thinking back to, like, you know, watching that game on Sunday and aren't thinking back to like, you know, the, the time in the garage and, uh, you know, on Saturday morning, but they are thinking about that Saturday morning when their you know, five-year-old son came out and held the flashlight and they bonded in that moment under the hood, those moments. So it, it, you can let your passion by including the people that you love in your life to and maybe enjoy it a little with you. Um, To make moments that you will cherish till your deathbed and beyond, you know? And if it is that you need the time for clarity and to, like, clear your mind and have some alone time, that's perfectly acceptable. Everybody needs that. Um, It's just, I wouldn't make it your entire Saturday spent apart from the people you love. And then your whole work week you're apart. And then, you know, you're stuck with just, like, what, an hour or two a night before you fall asleep on the couch? Or, like... You know, talk about things just getting boring, but, but if you actually remember why you were passionate about your partner to begin with, you might just find that the things you love and are passionate about are even more fun if they're there with you. Like, I knew nothing about cars when I met my husband, and he had me changing exhaust pipes. He had me putting, like, um, I don't even remember, guys, the terms anymore because it's been so long, but like... The thing that sucks the air in under the hood. I don't know. We changed all these things together. I mean, I remember laughing my butt off. We one time laid in the back of his Mustang and he had this like um, sticker that he really wanted to have in the back window of his Mustang, right? So he YouTubed it and there was like a way in which to use soap um, to (laughs) put on and so you could like position it. Anyway, he looked this whole thing up. He gets out there. He's doing it his way. And I'm out there basically just to hold the flashlight and help him with the, you know, if I need to hold a part or what, I don't know, just hanging out, I guess. But um, as we get into it, he was getting, like, heated. And he didn't get mad very often, but this was like a project that he wanted to be perfect. He had, like, measured it out so it was going to be exactly so. And now this beautiful sticker's getting all crunched up and stuck where it shouldn't be. And I was going to pull it off and it's, like, uh, crinkled and... Oh my gosh, I thought he was going to blow. And I, of course, because, you know, that wasn't my passion. And my passion was actually, like, in that moment, my passion was him. You know, like, obviously, I had my own passions, too. But, like, in this moment, what I'm enjoying is my time with him. So I was able to sort of, like, not laugh at him, because you never want to laugh at somebody, especially when they're, like, you know, angry. But I was just kind of, like, watching it in amusement, almost. So after he had crumpled it in a ball, thrown it aside, and walked away... I brought out the YouTube video again, watched some of the fixes, put it up there, fiddled with it a little, and it was perfect. And it was just a funny moment because I was able to keep my calm and I wasn't so, you know, I wasn't so invested in the outcome. Quite frankly, I, you know, could care less how straight the sticker was, but I was excited about him being excited. And in the moment we ended up laughing our butts off like, and we're like laying in, like the old I think it was like a nineties Mustang, like the hatch style, you know. So we were like laying in the trunk almost trying to put this thing like up. <laughs> so like the whole moment was funny, but not in the moment, you know? But um by adding me into that equation, his experience with it was better. Um, if I hadn't been there, well first off, he would have been having to balance extra things and struggling more. But then, in the end, when he crumpled it up and walked away, that would have been the end of it. It would have been a bad experience, bad taste in his mouth. He would have been so angry. And instead, it ended up being a bonding moment for our relationship. So I guess my point is, like, every so often, even though he knew I knew nothing about cars, and I certainly didn't step on toes and try to, like, intervene while he was doing his thing. I let him try to figure it out. but And I was just following and doing the steps he told me to do. But once he had sort of thrown the towel in, it gave me an opportunity to be like, can I try something? You know what I mean? Like, what's the harm at this point? He's already crumpled up in a ball and decided to move on. But, um, you know, if you can use your passions to strengthen your relationship and strengthen the passion between the two of you, all the better. Um, family members can do this. Uh, You, oftentimes we will focus on the struggle, you know, the things that come up between people. But if you can just focus on the the commonalities and the things that you really love about your family, most of the time you can find these bonds uh, through passions and things that you share, probably from our upbringings being so similar, um, that are just, uh, they make things better. They enrich the situation. And so instead of allowing you know, life's struggles and stuff to make us feel not enough and to feel like we have too many things to juggle. I mean, this is the first thing that comes up for most people. We start talking passions and they're like, oh, I wish like I love golf. And then I married my wife and now I never get to go with the guys. And it's like now you're looking at your partner as a hindrance to your passion. Does anybody want to be a hindrance? No, it's like, go do your thing. Let them go do their thing to those of you who might be holding someone back. So like you give them a little space to miss you. Yes. But at the same time, if we could stop looking at our partners in life as the thing that is keeping us from the other things that we love and instead start finding ways to see them as like a catalyst to like better enjoyment when you get to do the things, you know, I mean, if anything, like if you didn't have your partner, you would likely be doing that thing all the time. And guess what happens when we do anything all of the time? we get sick of it eventually, you know what I mean? So believe it or not, your partner's probably actually helping you to enjoy the very thing that you love even more because, you know, they're, they're neglecting your ability, or they're not neglecting, but they're um, limiting your ability to do it all the time. But that aside, like if, <laughs> cause this is a funny thing if you really think about it, right? Like, I mean, you hear this all the time. It's one of the biggest things I hear is about, you know, how little people did their thing because of their person. And that's just so silly um because yeah so so do it still but also consider the fact that there's that uh, it's a country song about um this woman sort of saying you know what would you do if you hadn't found me and the guy really goes into deep thought about like all right if i hadn't met you i'd be you know what i mean like my golf game would be better i'd shave some strokes off i'd be eating barbecue chicken or i don't even know that you know this is country so (laughs) it was all the things that he'd be doing But then he every time came back to the contemplation of, but I'd be looking for a woman like you. Like, yeah, I wouldn't know anything about yoga. I wouldn't, you know, all these other things I would know nothing about. I'd have less throw pillows on the couch. You know, it's that type of thing. But like I would be hunting for what we have. And that's a fact. So remember that if you didn't have your loving partner in your life, um, even if you feel like they're holding you back from passions, if you didn't have them there, you wouldn't be doing the passion as much as you might think because you'd actually still be on the hunt looking for the love part to be fulfilled. So if you have both in your life, a loving partner and a passion, just consider yourself blessed because you're not out there having to be on the hunt looking for love, which is exhausting. You And you don't have to be, um, you know so buried in a passion that it loses its excitement too. because everything eventually gets boring, everything in excess gets boring. It's Groundhog's Day on Christmas. Like, no, but even if it's amazing and it's a day you wish you could repeat again and again, it gets boring, guys. What do you think happens when all these people who make tons and tons of money get out there with their, you know, more money they can spend. And they sit on the beach for months at a time with a drink in hand. Do you think they're just thrilled to do it again? No, they're wanting more. They're needing it. They want to go back to work. They want to find another way to spend their money or, you know, person to be enjoying it with or whatever. It's a constant need because boredom will set in. So if you have both a passion for anything and a passionate relationship, you know, let's keep adding fuel to both of those fires and let both flames exist and let the two, like what happens when you move two flames together? It gets bigger, right? Both flames get bigger. And yes, they join into one and it kind of melds and you don't know where one begins and the other ends and all that. But you now have this big, big flame. And I mean, isn't that what we all want? is a huge flame at the center of our life, that big, strong passion inside. So keep the passion for all the things. Don't neglect either one. Don't neglect your family. Don't neglect your passion, because if you put too much into one or the other, there will be resentment. If you put too much into your family and ignore your own desire to have a passion and some time away and alone and to do the things you love, you'll start to resent the family. And vice versa, if you put all of your energy into the passion and the activity, that will start to spoil a little, too. But the family will start to resent you for not being there. And then you will start to look at the family as the hindrance to being able to do the thing. It's like find this balance on the scale of of a good mix of all of it. Like, why can't you have it all? So many of us make ourselves have to decide on a one or the other we can have it all. It's not selfish. It's being well-rounded. And everybody wants a well-rounded partner, not somebody who feels sucked of their energy, <laughs> right? And we certainly don't want to be the energy sucker. That's a terrible feeling. I don't want to ever hold somebody back or get in the way of them being able to do what they want to do. I want to be the catalyst and the help and the love and the loving partner and the contributor to getting them there when I can and and just applauding them when they get there, you know? Like, that's it. Let me in to do that, right? Isn't that how we all feel? So remember, your partner feels the same way. Like, do the same for them. Like, let's not ask more of them than we are willing to give of ourselves, right? Be the good partner and the counterbalance for all this. And, you know, it's kind of amazing what can happen. Oh, Stitch, am I boring you? This is such a boring episode. <laughs> he, he quite literally just rolled over and was like, oh get over it. I'm passionate about nothing but sleep. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. Some people, you know what? I just saw something on TV yesterday about this couple and they were both passionate about literally the, like, what do they want to do on their weekend? They were both under the covers on like two separate couches in their house, laying there watching TV. And I was like, what the, (laughs) for me, I was like, and I'm a homebody. I like to actually hang in, watch TV, hang out movie or whatever. But but, like, this was, like, an everyday thing. Like, we're not even putting clothes on here. We're just rolling out of bed, rolling onto the couch. And then anything that, like, that sort of made them have to do anything else they, like, had no energy for, I was like, oh, jeez. Like, I never want to be that extreme. Um, even if rest and relaxation and TV time is a passion, I still like then to... That means my job, had better have a whole lot of activity in it, right? Like, you don't want to spend your whole day doing nothing but lounging around and then have all night be nothing but lounging around and same for the weekends. And, you know, it's got to be something... I think they say, like, action... Action sparks passion? Is that what it is? Something like that. I don't know. You have to be doing things, though, to get anything rolling in your life, let's face it. Like, I mean... You guys have heard me say this over and over again, but I always say nothing exciting ever happened from my couch. But I think more exciting things have actually happened on my couch. So maybe it's not the best analogy. (laughs) All kinds of good things actually have happened on my couch. Oh, man. Family time, fun movies, lots of laughs, you know, cuddle time with my dog. Things I won't even say on this podcast. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, guys, I'm just having a little fun with you today. But passion is something to be considered in the way of just tempering it a bit. Not putting out your flame. Not you know trying to smallen <laughs> is a heatherism? You know, don't smallen yourself for others. Oh, gosh. But really and truly try to make sure that you're still being totally authentic to your own needs. But considering others and considering the reaction that you could elicit by being too over the top, because the the over the top crew always finds themselves getting let down a bit because, you know, when you're going to be so excited about something, there's always the opposite polar point of view that's going to come back to remind you and bring you back to grounded reality again. So maybe grounding yourself in a little reality and in the mind a bit, you know, like I said, so maybe be through some meditation work or whatever gets you grounded, go for a hike or whatever. Feel a little more, you know, ready to present in a way that's not so emphatic. (laughs) Get yourself on the level where other people can hear you because you have some great ideas and, you know, you don't want people to just you know knock you down because of your energy around something so that's it for today as boring as i was stitch i hope some of you guys got a little bit of um message out of today's talk and i hope that you know it inspires you a little bit and makes you look within a bit too and consider others so As always, I am so happy to have you with me on this journey. Please subscribe and follow, download these episodes, share with friends, whatever you can do to help me support my podcast and keep it running, guys. I am forever appreciative. All right. Take care, and I'll see you next week.